Chapter Twelve of Vassar Studies. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Vassar Studies by Julia Augusta Schwartz. Chapter Twelve One of the Girls. At the crest of the hill, the wind met them with a gust that made the tall girl clutch her cap as she pushed on, unwinking, and with head erect to seat herself on the highest rock of the stone wall ridged across the summit. The little one, sent flying after a scarlet tam-o'-shanter, came struggling up, with color tingled into cheeks and eyes shining, to lean breathless against the solitary tree which crowned the height. The third, whose frail slenderness caused it to appear natural that she should sway before the riotous breeze, slipping along by the wall, sank down in a sunny nook sheltered from the gale. As she sat there with her hands lying idly in her lap, the grave lines of her face seemed to relax, and her lips parted in an unconscious smile, while her gaze wandered happily over clumps of sere woods, meadows, and brown fields, to a cluster of red buildings nestling among evergreens. With curly head tilted on one side, the girl under the tree was contemplating her reflectively. "'Sarah, I believe that you really love the old college, and it is only a place. I care most for persons.' For a minute no word came from the cosy niche. Then softly, as if thinking aloud, "'I do love it, Marjorie.' "'Well,' meditatively, "'I am fond of it myself, but then I do not exactly cling to the institution when vacation arrives, and I do allow my friends to allude occasionally to commencement day, seeing that it is two years distant.' Glancing at the blithe face, Sarah's thoughts strayed back to her sensitive childhood, saddened by the anxieties of those about her to her girlish days early shadowed by responsibility and care, and then to the light-hearted pleasantness of her life at college. Her independent nature, enabling her to live within herself and to create her own interests, inspired her with a craving for freedom from bonds, however dear. More intense than in the generality of others was her shrinking from disturbing emotions. At college she was released from the thousand obligations which spring from the close relations of family intercourse in the aloofness of existence here among books and happy girls she could thrust out of her mind the knowledge of trouble bitterness and grief wistfully her eyes lingered over the far-away hills before returning restful to the protecting evergreens it is different from the world she said the girl who was perched unflinchingly upon the windy top of the stone wall here turned sternly toward her companions. "'Something is wrong with the world.' Marjorie gave a little jump and stared at the accusing figure. Then she broke into a merry laugh. "'I knew that you were cold up there, Gertrude.' Sarah was half-smiling. "'What are you going to do about it?' "'I don't know yet,' Gertrude was frowning in perplexity. "'I have been thinking about it for a long while, ever since I heard about Armenia.' It is not right to do nothing. Think of all the misery. Don't think of it. It does no good, and it makes you unhappy yourself. Sarah was speaking slowly. And your duty is to increase the sum of human happiness by one. Corrupter of youth, Marius the Epicurean, murmured Marjorie. Over there, continued Gertrude, unheeding as she pointed vaguely toward the faint blue outlines of the Catskills, lies the asylum for the insane with all those hopeless faces in the long gloomy halls it smells of whitewash commented marjorie sarah was moving uneasily 
what is the use of talking of such things down the river went on the inexorable voice we can almost see the walls of sing sing lives utterly ruined and over there in town just a mile away from us lonely wrinkled old men and women sit by the windows of the almshouse please don't shivered sarah gazing resolutely in the opposite direction down in the streets of the city are little children hungry and cold i've noticed them broke in marjorie they never wear rubbers and they play around in the gutters with their shoes soaking wet every time we go to town sarah gives them pennies though i keep telling her about offering a premium to poverty and the evil of encouraging vagrancy and there the severe tone softened there is our beautiful college away from the dust and hurry and struggle and sorrow and need of the world with no worries or troubles i worry over examinations put in marjorie looking melancholy the accusing words rang out what right have we to spend four years in caring solely for ourselves how dare we be happy while there is misery all around us upon the silence fell a meek suggestion for marjorie i thought that we were preparing ourselves to help the world peculiar training for an unselfish life sarah who had been staring at the horizon line with the effect of not listening slowly rose shrugging her shoulders as if endeavouring to throw off a weight if you feel that way she remarked dryly why do you stay here two years longer marjorie to the rescue why of course her family want her to graduate already a few paces down the hillside sarah glanced back without doubt she should sacrifice herself to her family the others lingered gertrude turning to marjorie for sympathy you understand don't you marjorie struggled to rise to the estimate i understand a little life puzzles me sometimes i think that perhaps we ought to try to make the best of things looking shyly away as if embarrassed at the didactic tone of her own suggestion as they were picking their steps down the rock-strewn lane gertrude regarding the figure a short distance ahead murmured meditatively don't you think that our life at college has a tendency to make the girls selfish well responded marjorie reflecting we do have fun two sarah was standing at the window idly twisting the curtain cord about her fingers as she watched an evening mist creep over the soaked lawn do you know began marjorie patiently striving before the mirror to pin her hair at exactly the proper angle to make her features appear regular i suspect that gertrude has an idea she is always having ideas she is young yet marjorie was anxiously surveying the outline of her head in profile i wish that my nose were a trifle more accommodating she sighed adding at conversational pitch it is an idea about helping the world and i am certain that she is working it out i hope that it is a pleasant idea lazily pleasant for some people for instance she has given up eating any dessert except rice pudding because she calculates that if she has less the servants will have more logical lately she never sends out for rare beef or more butter because she thinks that the maids are tired from ironing all day i never commit either crime because you like beef well done and you do not care for butter i notice a great many things without appearing to do so replied marjorie with a little air of conscious merit which provoked sarah to steal a sidelong glance and smile to herself she did not go to the last hall play at all because after waiting until everybody else was seated she found that there was no room left 
and she gave her ticket for rip van winkle to a freshman who could not afford it and she wanted to go awfully who wanted awfully both of them and now she always lets the other girls have the reference books first no matter how long she has waited and she does everything anybody wants her to do i have requested a number of favors on purpose to find out she is rather foolish sarah was lying back in a steamer chair with her hands clasped behind her head and she fancies that she is helping the old world roll along more easily did you read that short magazine story concerning the phases of moral development out of naturalness while at college or anywhere for that matter selfishness self-abnegation self-realization she has reached the suicidal second stage reaction from the first she ought to be taught that her first duty according to the principles of ethics is to herself in the act of lighting the gas marjorie stood motionless until the match burned her fingers then in an ominously quiet voice when do you think that you will arrive at that stage sarah laughed under her breath a sad sad case give it up she turned her face toward the darkening sky apropos of nothing in particular there is your wit and wisdom on the ledge i have been learning quotations simply of course to fill up gaps in conversation the voice changed to dreamy tones every bond of your life is a debt my daughter a debt my daughter marjorie marjorie with sudden energy did you ever long to be free from every relation every obligation free 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 well i don't know responded her companion judicially it might be lonely sensible child well but hereupon the warning whirr of a far-away gong preluded the clamor announcing dinner and marjorie broke off to hurry sarah out of her indolent ease as the two girls were walking down the long corridor toward the dining-room they were joined by gertrude glowing from an afternoon in the open air coming as she did from the chill and darkness into the light and warmth and cheer which filled the hospitable building she felt a quick throb of impulsive contentment throwing an arm around each of her friends she burst out isn't this the loveliest place see how the gas jets shine out like great stars all down the hall and away off there at the end is that radiant golden glow between the potteries it is the library lamp in the senior parlor volunteered marjorie i know who lent it and the girls stream out of their rooms in their pretty gowns continued gertrude and the elevator rattles up and down added marjorie and everything is warm and fresh and sweet and the girls all look happy because it is ice-cream night and um i almost smell the frosting on the angel cake and everything is perfectly lovely with an enjoying sigh sarah halted to close a window against the damp night air it is horrid outside she said three one evening a month or so later during the singing of the hymn in chapel marjorie leaned forward with mischievous face to whisper to sarah may i secure the privilege of writing your biography sarah frowning bent her eyes on her book you might as well acknowledge it persisted marjorie when i passed you i heard what the professor said he told you that you possessed remarkable ability great opportunities and so forth very likely he pointed out the path of duty in the direction of original research and i am sure that he offered or at least suggested strongly the graduate fellowship in his department for year after next didn't he the closely shut lips refused to move 
did he didn't he did he didn't he if you won't nod yes or no i shall tell all the girls what i heard didn't he the tormentor caught a sharp marjorie flung over the shoulder which she was nudging tell me tell me i can keep a secret and besides i am so interested i have always said that you were the brightest girl in college tell me people are beginning to look at us please please tell me i am so anxious about your career please ah, i knew it i shall begin to take notes for the biography to-morrow that same evening after a concert at which marjorie had furnished variations consisting of ecstatic congratulations and commendations of her own good taste in choosing so brilliant a friend the two girls loitered in a mood of reasonless laughter through the corridors when they pushed open the door of sarah's room marjorie gave a shriek of envy at sight of a white envelope lying on the table under the faint glow of a crimson shaded drop-light a letter piled on top of all your other blessings she wailed while sarah picking it up idly turned it about by the corners it is from home she said simply won't they be proud of you exclaimed the younger girl generous in appreciation if you come back as a graduate fellow one year without doubt you will win two additional years somewhere and that means a phd and then glory sarah was smiling at her i wish she said that you would sing a verse of alma mater to distract my mind my brain keeps chanting over and over every bond of your life is a debt my daughter a debt my daughter the right lies in the payment of that debt it can lie nowhere else how funny commented marjorie when left alone sarah walked over to the window to draw the shade and stood motionless a few minutes looking out into the moonlight here and there upon the untrodden snow a leafless tree cast an interlacing tracery of clear-cut shadow under each evergreen the mass of gloom heavy at the centre brightened into a transparency of graceful embroidery at the border the girl lifted her eyes to the sky where the moon shone without a cloud her gaze hovered over the great building with its outspread wings over the turrets over the dusky eaves and angles of the roof glistening transfigured in the soft light to her whole place was glorified by the enchantment of the happiest days she had ever known as she gazed her fingers relaxed and the letter fluttered to the floor for another minute her eyes lingered upon the sky and passed lovingly over the hills and tree shadows on the lawn then drawing the curtain quickly she bent to pick up the envelope and sank down by the lamp to read dear sis it ran mother is worried about father he is as glum as anything and snaps us up short i tell you when we ask for money i heard him sort of groan out once that you were the only one of the children upon whom he could depend you see jack is getting pretty wild stays out late and bothers us he says that you know enough to stay away when you once get out of this quaker meeting mother told him that when you come home it will be livelier here evenings little annie says tell my sarah i want her every day the little mother makes believe that she does not miss you but she keeps your letters in her work-basket and reads them so often i am going to get them framed i carried her upstairs yesterday she is as light as anything that white-whiskered old medicine man has been sneaking around lately mother said not to mention it to you because you might worry and interrupt your work and you will be through in one year after this anyway and then she breathed way down deep and looked tired i decided to tell you because it is my opinion that you ought to know it 
but jack says ho she's having too good a time and it's my turn anyhow he does not think of anything but himself everything is all wrong and i say sis come home and let your old career go to smash harry four do you think that higher education is a fad asked marjorie from her perch on sarah's window seat gertrude says that she thinks so silently sarah kept on arranging her history notes at the desk marjorie continued i told her that i had never considered it in that light a rash statement yes with a sigh she spent the rest of the hour in presenting the subject from the proper point of view i wonder if she is right i wonder a safe mental operation marjorie turned her speculative attention from the window to the studious figure across the small room i wonder she deliberated if that young woman needs some exercise no answer she behaves with astounding flightiness lately that is astounding for a girl of remarkable ability hootman it is time to laugh that was a witty allusion without lifting her eyes sarah slipped elastics around the packages of notes and began to pile them snugly in a pasteboard box marjorie watched her with a sobering expression reaction in the valleys after mountain climbing sliding from her seat she snatched up a coat and hat and was at her friend's side come stand up with a note of caressing command in her voice i want you to go out upon some hill to see the sunset life looks different from a hilltop sarah was fitting the last parcel of notes into a corner of the box her head bent lower and lower until with a quick movement she pushed aside the litter of papers and hid her face in her hands an energetic knock at the door was followed by the abrupt entrance of gertrude stopping short she stared with a dim apprehension that something was embarrassing sarah was bending to pick up papers scattered on the floor and marjorie was leaning down to erect the overturned scrap basket glancing helplessly from one to the other the newcomer began unconsciously to back toward the door marjorie straightened up well very sweetly have you made any new discoveries in the investigation of fads half out of the room gertrude paused with her hand on the knob it has occurred to me that the crusades were a fad she announced meekly before fading from sight sarah had repacked her notes and was tying the cover on the box marjorie lingered won't you come she pleaded i want you to give me arguments why higher education is not a fad you care more for study than for anything else because you have the temperament of a scholar as well as the ability you did not choose to come to college just because it is getting to be the fashion higher education a fad there is my aunt she had to leave vissar in her junior year and she says that it has been the regret of her life sarah had risen and stood with her face toward the window marjorie waited you ought to go out for fresh air she coaxed gently you are nervous your hands are doubled up tight please come will you go marjorie shrank away as if struck in a moment sarah heard the door close softly five sarah stood on the steps at the end of the walk leading down to the lake to and fro over the dark ice glided the skaters beyond rose a background of snowy shores drawing a tracery of bare trees against the glowing sky a troop of girls swinging their skates came down the path as they passed one called to her do you count what you are doing exercise and another tossed back gaily 
a chilly monument for smiling at grief sarah she watched them sit down upon the improvised benches to fasten their skates before starting out with long undulating strokes to join the light-hearted frolicking upon the ice the rose color in the west had faded to pale grays and greens before the girl ceasing to be motionless turned her face toward the college her eyes rested almost fiercely upon the solid pile stretching out its dingy red length in the twilight lights here and there were beginning to glow behind drawn curtains as she came nearer her feet dragged more and more slowly until they halted leaving her staring up at the library windows ablaze with generous illumination hungrily her gaze wandered over every detail from the busts high up on the shelves to the rows and rows of books she could just catch a glimpse of the great fireplace near the spiral staircase in one corner and a vase of flowers on the librarian's desk in another a student or two were bending above each glistening table over it all hovered the atmosphere of serenely pleasant days melting one into the other in scholarly enjoyment a low voice breaking in upon sarah's aloofness told that marjorie was hesitating beside her are you wishing that you had not finished the work on your special topic so soon after an instant's pause it is an ugly old building commented sarah in reply in amazement why i thought that you cared for it glancing at her sarah began to walk on with her eyes on her muff a few steps side by side in silence and then anxious to dispel gloom the younger girl spoke the students are discussing possible class presidents for next year sarah ever so many say that you would be the best choice for us but more think that you are better fitted to be president of the students association because the senior president ought to be more social i consider the other more of an honor don't you fancy president of students and then graduate fellow and then oh i don't know what all almost anything excellent won't our class be proud of you and your family a daughter with a career a future before her sarah answered nothing until they had reached the main entrance and marjorie was bracing her slender little frame to push open the heavy door sarah turned to look once more toward the west where the sun had set the sky was darkening into gray behind the bleak outlines of the leafless trees a chill wind had sprung up sarah shivered then drawing a long breath she spoke quietly i have decided not to come back to college next year marjorie i am needed at home end of chapter twelve and end of vassar studies written by julia augusta schwartz and read by darrell war in california two thousand thirteen